With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello and welcome to Claret and Blue and our Inside Bodymore show for Fulham on Sunday. We've just recorded a kind of bumper chat about AZ Outmar so long in fact that I've had to separate these two uploads. Today we're going to focus on Fulham, what Emery said, the injury updates, our predicted 11, the usual kind of format. Let's dive into the presser then. As we said, it was a dial back presser, PLP, go there, Premier League Productions. There's a couple of quotes I've picked out that I want to speak about. One that you tweeted so you won't be a stranger to this. You know, Emery says that Villa are not contenders for Champions League football, but Man United and Chelsea are, despite his side, strong side to the campaign. Asked about Villa's progress, he said, I want to win on Sunday. I want to win on Sunday. I want to win on Sunday. No more. I was listening to it back and I had to unplug my earphones and like play it out loud to a, to my partner in the kitchen because I was like, you've got to listen to this for Emery. <laughs> <laughs> Are you sure it wasn't like a technical error the audio just looped a few times? <laughs> yeah. I hope not because that would be uh, false information on my part. But no, um, he was asked basically, are you surprised how... Um, how well your team's done over the last 12 months and kind of your impact is, you know, returning to the Premier League and he literally just shut it down by, I want to, well, as you said, Dan repeated three times, I, want, I just want to win on Sunday, nothing else. He's not thinking about competing for the Champions League. He's not thinking, well, I say he's not thinking about it. He doesn't want his players to think about it and I don't think he wants fans to kind of get up um you know, he wants them to be excited, but he also wants to t- uh, kind of calm those expectations, which I think is right. <laughs> However, I think to say that we're not contenders for Europe, and Emery basically thinks that it's the traditional top six plus Newcastle. They are the top seven contenders, which, to be fair, in terms of, you know, resources, things like that, yes, he's absolutely bang on. I don't think he can distract people from the stats that he's doing pretty well. <laughs> only, yeah. you know, only, only City winning more games in 2023. Um you know, the points he's collected since he came to the Premier League, sorry, returned to the Premier League, I think puts him or Villa in third place, I think. So, yeah, it's not a case of Villa are in good form. We know this already. Um, but yeah, he's trying to just kind of calm expectations and sort of set the kind of precedent of Villa are punching at the moment. And there'll, there'll be a point in the season maybe where things don't go particularly well and we might not win in four, something like that, I don't know. Um, and then he'll look back to those quotes and say, here's what I said previously, you know, Villa... Yeah. Oh, sorry, we are uh, the kind of underdogs in this race to get seventh, even though, you know, we are looking to maybe get top five finish this season. So, um, yeah, it, it, it's all kind of built up towards when we get to March, where are we there? And if we're knocking around those positions, Emery will once again say, oh, well, you know, we've come this far. Let's see what happens. We can only give it our best shot from here, that sort of thing. And I think that's the way to play it. If he said something like, yeah, we'd love to play Champions League football this season and, you know, that's what we're going for. All of a sudden, the players, their mentality switches. Hmm. Again, come March, they're they're feeling the pressure because they think, oh, God, what, 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 you know, what if we bottle it from here? That sort of thing. When in reality, it is the case that Villa are the underdogs in this race. They're playing very well, but there's a long way to go still. Um, and while he said that Villa can dream to do that, yeah, he's right. I, th- I do think other clubs are, I don't want to say more capable, but they should be finishing above Villa. United's ambitions every season should be to finish above Villa. Same for Chelsea because they spent mm. a billion quid in the last year. Um, but yeah, Villa, that doesn't stop Villa from finishing where they want to. As long as, I've said it before, as long as we do our thing, 
we'll finish where we deserve to finish. It doesn't matter what the clubs are doing. There's a similar quote last year, after I haven't got it word for word, but like Emery kind of passed off Europe. For, I mean, we obviously nowhere near it, were we, at one point? Um, yeah. we, and none of us really thought we'd, we'd still do it because we had to put such a run together towards the end of the season. But he didn't really talk about it. And then all of a sudden, one week, he was like, now nah, we want to get in Europe. And it was like, whoa, yeah. well, where did that come from? And like, oh, well, no, you know, yeah. the time to change is there. Like, yeah. you're saying at the moment, we're not a contender. But if we are fourth in March, all of a sudden we go, no, we want Champions League. And we're like, well, okay, there's that shift again. And he'll, he'll know when yeah. the time to do that. Yeah, exactly. It, it turns, um, kind of turns that mentality around. And at the moment we're, we're punching, I say punching because we're, we want to kind of relish that, um, that uh, kind of tag of being what Newcastle were last season of, you know, everyone's expecting them to fall out and everyone's not expecting them to win so many games. But because we've proven that we have, I think we know deep down that we're capable of doing it. But it's another thing being that team and kind of having that pressure and taking that mantle. That'll come later in the season if we are in this position still. And that's something that we'll have to deal with. And that's when I think it would get tricky to do what we want to do this season. But up until then, we can only give it our best shot. And I think that's what Emery is um, basically alluding to. We can only dream. We can only play and play every game, um, kind of concentrate on the next one, concentrate on Fulham. That's all we can do up until, as you say, Dan, the point in which he then says, all right, we've got 10 games left of the season. Let's go for it. And then that switches the whole mentality. Then the, all the fans, like they were last season, were kind of pushing towards Europe because that was the plan. That was the ambition. And everyone realised it. But we're so far away from that point um, this season, of course, we're only what eleven games in, twelve games after Fulham, I think. So, yeah, he's just trying to calm expectations. But I think everyone knows deep down that we've got the capability of doing it. It's just how do we go about it? Another quote, just very quickly, so I'm, I'm aware that we need to move on a little bit. Um, I'm always trying to be consistent with my plan and trying to be better today than yesterday and tomorrow better than today, which I also like. But that kind of self improvement and we want to improve as much as you'll kind of downplay expectations underneath that is this kind of bubbling sensation of no well, we need to be better than we are doing it and if they can continue with that they will climb the table as a result of just improving over the course of a season yeah and I believe him I think Villa can, uh, yeah, can improve that. from here and well, we, we've said before Dan like you know Ramsey hasn't well he's played this season but he hasn't um, you know come back from his injury yet Moreno hasn't played at all this season so there's so much mm. that there's so much more than that that this team can give uh, after Villa lost against Forest Torres. I know it was only a tweet, <laughs> and it, you know, but he said that this team's got so much more to offer, and um, I think it's bang on that this team is only going to improve. The new signings have only been here for eleven games in the league, anyway, so they're adapting. There's a new structure happening. Um, sorry that Emery's built. I don't doubt that next preseason there'll be another layer of complexity to it. I don't know how that's going to look. Maybe we'll start our high line in the opposition half. <laughs> I don't know. Um, <laughs> But it's, it's it's just very exciting. And at this point in time, I can't see someone like a Brighton or West Ham finishing above Villa unless we completely prioritise European football towards the end of the season. I don't know. But you just think that we are a top seven team at this moment. I'm not saying we're a top five team, although we're there at the moment. You know, you can see maybe a Newcastle finishing above Villa. You can maybe see Man United, you know, potentially finishing above Villa if they have a, a run, you know, at some point. I don't know. that. You know, what are they? Three points behind us, considering they've had such a bad season. But I think we're a top seven team at the moment. Although Emery says different, we're above Chelsea, put it that way. And it's just whether we can say keep it consistent throughout the season. And if we can, we'll be okay. But um, yeah, we spoke in the last, I think it was the Monday show we lasted, didn't we? About our kind of, what would we take this season? And I think we both agreed that top six would um, be, you know, super. It doesn't have to be Champions League this season. Europa League would mark uh, improvement. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Mm, it's uh, four points ahead of Man United, but our goal difference is superior, so kind of yeah. five for them to actually. But isn't that isn't that quite? <laughs> to me, that's quite like ah, uh, because United have had such a bad. They seem yeah, to lose it. Like important gap is what it should, what it should feel like, really, on the kind of yeah. how the two fan bases feel about their respective clubs. But exactly, and that's United why... are possibly a takeover and a managerial change away from actually finishing the top four because they yeah, should because... they should be doing better yeah. than they are. And those clubs, they can go through bad patches for you know a few weeks, and they'll bounce back the next season and finish second or third. It, it, it doesn't last for long for those teams. Villa have mm. to remain consistent, have to make the right decisions on pretty much everything to stay uh, where they want to. But um, yeah, as I said after the defeat to Forest, I, it was more frustration for me that Newcastle have gained points, United have gained points, I mean Chelsea have gained points. Although I think we'll finish above them this season, it's still you want to just keep that gap rather than mm. us thinking, oh, let's go into third because we're not finishing third this season. Let's just try and finish above those teams around us and like Tottenham losing players. That shows what can happen in the season. That could happen to Villa. I know we've lost big players at the start of this season, but you know, you don't want to even think about losing a Torres or a Concer or a Watkins or something for, you know, two months. Like they've lost Madison, Van der Ven. No one likes to see players get injured, but um, it's a bonus for Villa that they won't be having Madison and Van der Ven, Romero, uh, other players as well for that game in a few weeks. Cause obviously that's important. Yeah, absolutely. And those kind of injuries, can derail it an entire season. Yeah. Like Spurs are top at the moment, but they could be sixth or seventh come the turn of the year. They could have a, a drastic drop-off over the next six weeks or so. Let's do the injury update then. We can do this one pretty quickly, I think. Moreno is obviously back on the bench now uh, and available, I guess. Um, although I don't think he starts on Sunday. Uh, mm-hmm. Diego Carlos, though, is the one I want to mention. Obviously, he came off yesterday. It's one that we're all kind of hoping isn't anything too serious. Yeah, uh, That's the case, isn't it, we think? Yeah, basically, he would have had some like tests and stuff this morning, but Emery seems to think it's just a small injury and he probably won't play against um, Fulham, but you know he wouldn't have started anyway, I don't think, Carlos. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, he'll play in the next Conference League game, which would be in three weeks' time, I think, against Legia at home. So he should be fine for then and everything else is okay. Moreno could get his first minutes of the season against Fulham. Emery did say that he's kind of ready to... No, not ready to be in the squad, but he's ready to play now as well, which I thought was, that's kind of interesting, basically saying that he probably wasn't ready in the last two, but he's confident and happy for him to play now. And we said before, didn't we, Dan, about Moreno needing those minutes before he starts against Tottenham and straight away he's facing 10 minutes of, you know, whoever it may be, Ben Johnson down the right, which you don't want. You want him to play against uh, Fulham uh, if possible and hopefully Villa return up by the 60th minute. So that's, you know, something that can happen. But, you know, it's Premier League games and they're never easy. So As we've said earlier, if that Clement Longley goal went in and we are 3 up on the 70th minute yesterday, I think Moreno will yeah. come on and play Probably. for 20 minutes but that, that's not the way the game pl- planned out yeah. and it wasn't his time on Thursday night and that's just one of those things uh, that's it for the injuries though so let's move on you mentioned uh, Moreno starting so let's do predicted 11 that's slightly out of order for the show do you think he starts on Sunday or not? Uh, no I would have thought it's going to be the same team that played against um, Forest. maybe he plays Leon Bailey instead of Zaniolo I think that's probably the only sort of discussion in these um, 
match 11 match 11 in these predicted 11 uh discussions i think that's probably it dan unless i've missed someone what do you think telemans obviously played well again on thursday mm. but i just don't think there's a space for him he's not going to start over louise and i don't no. think he'll start any further forward I don't think bailey had a great game on thursday night and then zaniola came on i don't think he did did himself too many favors either really so it's a toss of a coin really which of those two players and we've said before they're a bit of a sticky situation that both look better off the bench but then if neither of them do anything great, it's kind of like well, one of you starting next week because Ramsey's still not available. It yeah. kind of leaves us in a bit of a, an unfortunate situation. I, I think Bailey could have a good game against Fulham, actually. Um, yeah, he's, done, he's done okay at home this season, Bailey, and he's getting contributions. Still, obviously got an assist on Thursday. Though you're right, he probably didn't have his best game. But um, yeah, I just got a feeling that if he starts on Thursday, put him again on the left and then... Yeah, see what happens. You can link with the RB and Cash going down the right as well. I'd be happy with that team. That that those ten players plus Bailey rather than Zaniolo. I think. I mean, Diego Carlos was fit. You could argue Carlos and Torres come to right back and Cash on the right side, McGinn yeah. on the left, maybe. Yeah. But Carlos isn't available and he's not going to play Torres and Longley. So it's going to be as we were, and it's up to Zaniolo or Bailey to <laughs> prove their worth, yeah. I guess, and, and show why they should be the one that's starting of the two for now. Sadly, there's no opposition preview this week. There's a lot of Fulham podcasts out there, and I did approach a couple, and they just didn't get back to me in time for recording this, sadly. Uh, it's been a very busy week for um, various reasons, uh, so not had the time to do that for this one. So we've got predictions away from match day as our final two little topics. So we'll do away from match day. And we said before we started, what are we going to talk about this week? What do we want to do? But let's talk about the Douglas Louise links to Arsenal again. And I think we can do this section pretty briefly as well. So Fabrizio Romano tweeted maybe yesterday or the day before that Arsenal would still be interested in January for going for him, but it would be it cost a big fee to get him out of Villa. I've seen some Arsenal fans suggesting, oh, let's just go back in with 30 million like we did in the summer of 2022. That'll get him. Is that, is that, is that true? 30 million? Is that the. Well, this is our Arsenal fans. Yeah, this is, they don't think he's uh, worth any more than that, which is utterly bizarre with it, unless they're just on the wind up. I think we can just notch that down as nonsense. Douglas Lee is not going to leave in January, is any for years. It's 100 million which Arsenal for one is certainly not going to buy. No, I wouldn't have thought so. Not in January. Um, yeah, as we mentioned earlier, Louise is very happy at the club, which, I mean, we've seen that before, but he's happy at the club, not just because he's said it, but because we can see his, you know, his genuine mm. progression. And as I say, he's back in the Brazil team now, so there's not that uh, that thought of, oh, I must leave Villa to get um, to get a Champions League club and kind of impress the Brazil manager then. I don't think that's the case. He's going to have interest from a number of clubs, as I said earlier, that he can probably play in almost any team. He'd be a strong addition to any squad in European football, in my opinion. I genuinely think that he's that good now. And Villa, Villa are aware of that interest and that's why they you know, put him down on a on a new big contract last year after rejecting free bids from Arsenal. So I, th- I thought that was Arsenal's time to buy him. Mm. You know, you've kind of got to wait, you've got to wait your turn now sort of thing. I, I don't think you can then just come back in in January and say, oh, here's, here's 40, 50 million for Louise. We'll just say no, because that's um, nowhere near his valuation for a start. But also, why would we derail our season in January? That <laughs> makes no sense. I think even if you uh, put in that huge bid of... I don't know, 70 million, let's say. I'd still reject that because what are we going to do in January that's going to replace Douglas Louise? Even with 50 million, it ain't going to happen. Ward yeah. Prowse was 50 million a couple of years ago. Do you know what I mean? And then, by that, I mean Ward Prowse isn't as good as Louise. So we're not going to improve our team or even replace Louise with that sort of money. Um, mm. Next summer, again, there'll be interest because, and it won't be Louise, it'll be interesting. Watkins, it'll be interesting. Martinez, it'll be interesting. You know, all those, we're lucky that in the summer there wasn't, you know, a mad 
kind of clamour for um, all of our players. And again, that's probably testament to you know the business we've done in terms of keeping them on contracts and whatnot. But that'll come at some point, probably next summer, as I say, uh, depending on what Villa achieve. But yeah, Villa have got the cards in this situation, and teams are going to have to play. Uh, sorry, pay huge dollar to to get these players out of Villa, and especially someone like Douglas Luiz, who would say is twenty five. He's got a, you know massive career ahead of him. He's got ten years left. I don't think he'd be in a rush necessarily to play Champions League football, especially as he sees how Villa are growing. Hmm. If he wanted out, he would have said that he would have made sure that he got that move to Arsenal when they bid for him three times, you know, managed by Arteta, who we know as well from Man City. The move makes sense in terms of, you know, last year. Now I don't think it does because Villa is simply not going to sell in January and mm. Arsenal will have to play huge money in the summer to get him, which if they want to do that, they'll do it and they might get him, you know, under no illusion of, of that whatsoever. But I don't think Luis will be kicking up a kicking up a fuss if Arsenal um, aren't paying what Villa want for the player. If they do, he might go. As I say, that's that's the uh, that's the kind of business of being a well-run football club. If your players are improving and then teams putting massive offers that you can't refuse, that's business. You know, Villa yeah. will um, back themselves to replace Luis with two, maybe three players who um, can do a job. Uh, and, and you know, kind of replace his impact. And again, we haven't seen what Emery can do with huge funds yet, in my opinion. We've seen obviously Torres come in for about thirty, DRB for a similar fee. We haven't hit you know a fifty million pound player that sort of thing yet. And for a club that wants to strive to get into the top six um, consistently, like a, a West Ham have done in previous mm. years, that's what we're going to have to um, start to do eventually. And yes, you have to sell players for that to happen. But Villa won't want to part ways with Louise unless it's as I say for huge money, and that will only happen in the summer, I'm sure. Let's do predictions then for Fulham. Do we want to go through the predictions for Forest, or should we just pretend that never happened? Oh, yeah, I can't remember. What, the, what did you predict, Dan? <laughs> I mean, I, oh. I, predict, I know I predicted 3-1, and I think I know what you predicted as well. So um. Yeah, oh, I said 5-0. <laughs> uh, somebody bumped into Mick Villa Park on, Sunday, uh, on Thursday and said, don't ever say 5-0 again. Uh, <laughs> the less said about that, the better. And I said, yeah, I will just say less in future. Can we, can um, we give you minus points for that prediction? No, 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 no. Don't be silly. Don't be silly. <laughs> right. So, obviously, no points for either of us last week. We both predicted Villa to win, and obviously, uh, Forest beat us 2 0. We don't do the the European games in terms of predictions for the this little scoreboard that we do. It's Fulham yes. at Villa Park on Sunday. Villa can make it their 12th win in a row. 13th, 13th win. 13 yeah. wins in a row it will be if Villa beat Fulham. Are you going for that 13th win? Yes, I think you have to back Villa for this one. I think, to be fair, Fulham have been that team that they were, um, you know, similarly to last season, they're very well organised under Silva and they're going to be hard to beat. I don't think this is a game that Villa win, you know, 3-0 or 4-0, anything like that. I really don't. I think it will be a game that will be very cagey and very tight. But, God, I'd take a 1-0 right now and mm. it comes off Ollie Watkins' backside, anything really. Um, just get to the international break with a win. Players can go off to wherever they need to go to for the international break. No injuries. The players can refresh that aren't going uh, abroad. That's what we need at this point, I think. And then you can hit the December fixtures, the festive fixtures, knowing that we're in the... Um, uh, where would we then if we win? I think we could go up to third. I don't think that'll happen, but uh, yeah, we'll pretty much stay where we are. But as long as we're just chipping away at points and wins, I'm happy with that. So... My prediction will be a 2-0 Villa, I think. 1-0 yeah. up until the last 10 minutes and then a counter-attack, 
hopefully a clean sheet as well. We need that, I think. Yeah, I was going to say, clean sheets are hard to come by at the moment, but mm. uh, that, that that is important. They've got to start racking them up at some point. Um, you're right that Villa could, in theory, rise as high as third, but that would mean Arsenal and Liverpool both dropping points to the extent of actually losing. I think if they both drew and Villa won, they are still be behind them. Pretty straightforward games, if I'm not. Yeah, I've got it in front of me. Arsenal have got Burnley at home and Liverpool have got Brentford at home. So I'd expect both of them to win. Man United have got Luton at home. So I expect them to win. Newcastle are away at Bournemouth on the Saturday tea time kickoff. Um, and Chelsea host Man City on Sunday after us. Um, so it'd be nice to gain a bit more ground on Chelsea. I think that's why seven points a bit ahead of them already. I think that's why this is such an important game for us because. I expect all those teams to win, maybe apart from Tottenham. Um, mm. That would be a really difficult game for them at Wolves. Wolves don't tend to lose too many games at home. But yeah, we need to win because we're going to lose ground if we don't uh, yeah. lose ground on the teams above. And then teams below us are going to go above us if we don't win pretty much. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to say 2-1 Villa. I don't think we're going to quite yeah. work out how to keep a clean sheet. It's a pretty popular scoreline to go 2-1. So 2-0 for you, 2-1 for me for Fulham at home. I, I was just I did see that Adama Traore could um, come back to their 11, uh, their match their squad, so I don't think he'll start, but me. Oh, sorry for swearing, but that high, <laughs> that high line against the road runner, oh my God. If he gets the finish though, his, his end product's not there. Oh yeah, of course. <laughs> I've, absolutely, I've, I've absolutely jinxed no, the fact that Adama Traore has <laughs> that one goal in my prediction yeah, now. Yeah, we We've cursed ourselves there, haven't we? Yeah. But no, it is it is risky, but it does work more often than not. Oh, we've really jinxed it there, haven't we? <laughs> yeah, let's, let's. I think we should let's end the show before we dig it a deeper hole than than we need to. Can I give a quick shout out as well? That's okay. Of course, yeah, go for it. Uh, a shout out to Kieran. He tapped me on the back in the press box. I was just finishing filing my report, and he said, um, "You know, thanks for the podcast, and uh, he enjoys it. So yeah, thanks for the support, Kieran, and nice to meet you briefly." Right, John. Thank you very much for joining me on this Inside Bodymore show people will be able to see we recorded all this in one session but it was such a long recording thing that i've wanted to split it into two episodes and i said out my preview and i said out my review and a full and preview as two separate entities so john thanks for giving me so much of your time this afternoon if people have enjoyed this do let us know get your score predictions in the comments as well there's no post-match reaction on sunday afternoon so our next show will be the monday show and we'll debrief fulham in that episode uh, so stay tuned to all things claret and blue and we'll see you again very soon <laughs>